Good morning, everyone. Welcome to church today. Welcome to those who are joining online. Glad that you're with us. So good to be in God's house today. Welcome to those who are joining us for the first time today. So glad that you're with us and hope that you experience God's presence in this place today because really that's why we're here. We're here because we want to be in God's presence together as church family. And uh, it's good to be in God's house. It's good to be in his presence. So glad that we're here. So let's just stand. We're going to pray as we open up our time together and really look for uh, to, to, to find God's presence in, in his house today. So if you're able to, please stand and then we're going to worship God. Father, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that you have gathered with us today, Father, that you inhabit the praises of your people. And Father, we just look to you today. Father, we're looking for you to come and really live in our praise. Father, as we sing carols to worship you today, and Father, as we think about this special time of the year, Father, we pray that you would just stir our hearts and move us and help us to just grasp something of who you are. Father, help us to learn more of who you are today, but Father, not just learn in an intellectual way, Father, learn in an, an experiential way who you are and just what you mean to us and what you want to do in our lives. And Father, just pray today for our team. Father, our team who are leading us in worship, our musicians, those who are operating technology. Father, we just pray that you just come upon the team today. And Father, that you would strengthen them. And Father, that you just minister through them today. And Father, that you'd lead them as we are led in worship today. Father, for everyone who's here today, perhaps, Father, for those who are still on the way, Father, we just pray that we would experience your presence. For all who've gathered and joined us online today, Father, we pray that we would experience your presence. Father, we just pray that you move amongst us today and that you'd be glorified in all that we do. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. 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 Let's praise him today.
Father, we just thank you that there was a moment in time, a moment in history where a decision was made that Jesus would come to this world and that he would take on human form, that he would be born to a young girl called Mary and that he would grow up and become the saviour of the world. Father, it's just incredible that you have opened our eyes to see this. You've opened our hearts to receive Jesus. And Father, we worship you today with all that is within us. We have indeed come to worship. We've come to bow down. We've come to give you all we have. And Father, I just pray that that would be our experience, Father, that as we come to worship you, that we would give you all of our lives. Father, every aspect of our lives. Father, not just our church life, but Father, every aspect of life. Father, because my, my prayer is that you would be part of every aspect of our lives. Father, that we wouldn't just be Christians on a Sunday, but Father, that we'd be Christians living out the reality of Jesus coming into the world, living out that reality day by day. And Father, we pray that you would just move upon us, your church. Lord, that you'd move upon the church across this nation. Father, we need to just experience a fresh move of your spirit in our churches. Father, to see new things happening. Father, to see lost people being found. Father, to see broken people being healed, whether it's emotionally, physically, or spiritually. Father, we just long to see you move in fresh ways. Father, we pray that that river of life that comes from your very throne would intensify. Father, that the water would get deeper and that you'd just give us a desire to jump in and Father, to experience your presence in ever-increasing measure. And so, Lord, we just pray for today, Lord, we, we ask that our hearts would be totally open to all that you're saying to us, all that you want to say to us, all that you'll say to us this week. And Father, as we uh, meditate on who you are, as we meditate on Scripture and our, our daily devotions, Father, we pray that you'd come and that you'd just be so present and real in our experiences. And Father, we think of those who are just struggling in the life of the church, Father, that need a touch in their bodies. Father, we ask that you'd come and that you would meet with each one. Father, that you release gifts of healing into those who need it in the church. Father, through people just praying for the sick and Father, that they would be raised. So Father, we just ask that you would lift up lift up the sick, Father, that you would heal the sick and that you would just strengthen every single one. Father, those who are struggling emotionally, mentally, Father, we just pray that you just come and that you touch them. Father, those who are struggling with loss and, and with grief and with sorrow and Father, we just ask that you would be so present. Father, that you'd be so present. Lord, we know that you will never leave us, you will never forsake us. And Father, no matter how strong the storm is, you are there right in the middle of the storm with us. And Father, we just ask that we'd be so aware of your presence in the storms of life, the things that come against us. Father, those who are struggling with loss, those who are struggling with issues, whatever kind of issues they would be, Father, we pray that you'd be so present in the situation with us. Lord, we, we need you, we need your presence. And Father, we pray, help us to just lead into all that you have for us today and in this week that will come. And as we approach this Christmas season, as we remember the birth of Jesus, Father, just be so present with us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. Please be seated if you're not already. I just want to say thank you again to our musicians and technicians who 
get up and do this week by week. Um, it's really appreciated, um, and I'm glad that you're doing it, and we appreciate it, so thank you. I would like us to just say thank you, if we can, as a congregation, to those who are serving every week in church. Let's give them a thank you. Um, just one thing that I wanted to announce as a point for prayer. Um, so David uh, Seal uh, is along at um, Hart Hill, the new pastor, and his daughter Taylor is currently uh, pregnant with a baby, but there are complications in that pregnancy. Um, and we just want to pray for her. Um, and just to acknowledge uh, Jan, uh, sorry, Bethany and Kyle, um, part of the uh, Stuarts family. Um, who have lost a baby, and I would just, I want to pray for them right now, um, because we, we know the pain that they are going through. Um, so let's just pause for a little second to pray for them before we do some announcements today. Father, we we come before you, and Father, we need your strength at difficult times, and, and Father, we pray for Taylor and Greg, and Lord, we pray that they would experience your strength and presence, just as they are experiencing this difficult time in life, as they're walking through such a difficult time. And Father, don't know what the outcome is going to be, but Father, they are standing in faith, believing in you for this as yet unborn child. And Father, we pray that you bring healing into that baby. And Father, that you bring a miracle into that whole situation and into the family. And Lord, we pray for our sister church along there in Hart Hill. And Lord, we pray your blessing on the church. And uh, Father, we just ask that your hand would be upon them. Lord, may they know your presence in such a special way. And for Janet, uh, sorry, for... Bethany and Kyle, Lord, we just lift them before you as they continue to walk this difficult journey as well. And for, Lord, we just ask that you would be so present with them in this difficult situation, in this difficult season. And Father, all that that entails. So Lord, we just pray, manifest your presence with them. Lord, for all who are struggling at this point in time. Lord, we know that Christmas is a, a joyous and wonderful time of the year. But Lord, for so many, it presents challenges as well. And Father, for everyone who's challenged by this time of the year for memories that come flooding back. Father, we pray that you just come and bring your peace into every heart where there's that challenge, where there's that, sometimes that feeling of struggle and that, that feeling of sadness sometimes. Father, we pray that you come and that you would demonstrate your presence. Be with everyone who needs uh, just that extra special care and just that sense of your tenderness, that gentleness of your Holy Spirit. Lord, your word says, blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Lord, may those who are mourning feel and experience and live in the reality of the comfort of the Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. I feel it's so important to acknowledge the challenges that we're facing. Um, lots of people facing lots of different challenges just now, and we need to acknowledge that and we need to pray into that. And I want to encourage us to keep doing that. I am going to do this photograph for Track and Trace. If you want to say Gorgonzola or something, smoked cheese, whatever it is. Um, I also want to bring um, greetings from Dave and Roxy Beach. Um, Dave and I have got a meeting lined up next week uh, on Zoom. Um, I'm not traveling to the States um, but Dave and Roxy pastor the church in Arizona that Mary and I visited, and they just wanted to pass on their greetings to us today. So that's great. Um, thank you also to everyone who participated in the Samaritan's Purse shoebox appeal. So we gathered 77 
shoeboxes, physical ones, um, 15 online, which is 92 in all. £150 was donated along with other things like water bottles. And I just wanted to express thank you on behalf of Samaritan's Purse, but also on behalf of every boy and girl who will get Christmas gifts this year who might not have. So thank you for that. I think that's great. So well done. Um, this week, this uh, Friday coming, we'll have our Christmas jumper, uh, our Treasure Kids event. Uh, so looking forward to that. In partnership with Convoy of Hope Europe, uh, they are sponsoring this event, which is amazing. And also to remind you that Christmas Eve will be here at 6.30. What time? 6.30. And uh, the booking system for that is now up online on the church website. So can I ask you, encourage you to get booked into that? Um, just because space will be limited. Normally all the seats are out and, uh, you know, we just can't do that uh, this time around. But the place will be a lot busier than last week. Last, uh, last year we had 20 people, 20 people for a Christmas Eve service. So not exactly uh, conducive to a, a great experience uh, in person. Um, but hopefully it came out online okay. But we will be online again uh, for Christmas Eve service this year too. So I'm going to stand back for a second. I'm going to hand over to Anne. And Anne's then going to hand over to Stuart as we think a, a little bit about missions today. I'm going to do the change over. <laughs> right, morning everybody. And morning to those online as well. So just to give you a wee update and the finances and things, that side of things for mission, as most of you will be aware, 10% of the income that comes into the church goes to mission. And we're very vigilant about that. Now, we also do other projects and one-off events where we take up a special offering and that would go directly to whatever cause we arrange at that time. But just to let you know who we support on a regular basis and what we're doing with the money that is left over just now. So the people that we support monthly are Empathy International. And through that, we have the Dignity Sewing Project where we have something really good for the girls. And this takes part in Asia. And um, the girls are trained in sewing and they're given their sewing machines. They do hairdressing as well. They learn how to look after the chickens and, um, and they learn skills that they can take with them. So we pay an amount monthly to support that. We also have, in the same part of the world, um, the Lynx Mechanic Project, which is for the men. And the men are given a toolkit as well, and they're trained in how to use that, how to repair their scooters and maintain motorbikes and change tires and brakes and things. And again, that gives them employment. And uh, through that, they're then able to help more of the rural poor villages that are there. We support the Domingos monthly as well, and that is really a support for them as a family. And the amount of work that they do is just incredible. If it was to go through everything, that's a meeting on its own. So we'll leave that to another time. I've got a couple of minutes just now. Um, we support Sarah and Ian Hodgson. Again, that's a monthly contribution, and that's with Wycliffe Bible Translation. So we are helping for a part of the world to translate that, the Bible into their own language so that that's, they can access that. We also support Ken and Jocelyn um, 
in Switzerland, and that, that's been going on for years and years and years, long before Stevie's time, I think, as well. And they travel around Europe preaching the gospel, so we've been supporting them. That's monthly contributions that get out of the funds. As I've said, we've given specific money to projects like Bulgaria and Watoto, and Stuart's going to tell you a wee bit more about Watoto today. But there's money left over, and as we did last year, although we didn't tell you all about it, we'll be dividing that money that is left up between the following organisations and charities. So we've got Hope for Justice, Open Doors, and you'll know about Mark Hines and how we've been praying for him, and he got home from hospital this week, so that is an answer to prayer. So we um, will be giving them a donation. Care for the Family, International Justice Mission, Watoto, and Stuart will say a bit more about that, Christians Against Poverty, Safe Families, compassion and at the moment we support by sponsoring individual children 18 children's 18 children at the moment so we'll be giving the organization a donation evangelical alliance and we have links with jillian um, and the family through kieran and then we have fred drummond who will be coming to speak to us in the new year and um, they've been a great support throughout the pandemic because they have a voice with the government and um, have kept us all right in what we can and cannot do, but also fighting in you know, our corner. So, and also, turn that over, um, Scottish Bible Society. So we will be giving a donation to them. So as a church, we really have a heart, particularly for unreached or least reached people groups and to support charities fighting against social injustice like poverty, abuse, trafficking, persecution. And we do that both at home and abroad. So that just, if I was to put all these charities under one umbrella, that's kind of the umbrella that it comes under. So just to keep you all aware that, you know, what's happening with the money, what charities we support. And um, I'm going to hand over now to Stuart to give us a wee bit of information about Watoto. I did offer to let Anne do that of this as well, but she said no, so. <laughs> um, so, Watoto, um, most of you know, those that know me certainly, that um, we've been involved with Watoto since 2009, since we first went out. Um, but the church here um, has been supporting Watoto since pretty much around that. Um, we've had the choir here um, a few times. Um, over the last 10 years, um, which is incredible, actually. So, um, But as, as part of that and part of that support, um, we do have a, a short video, which we'll just show in a second or so. Um, but for those who don't know about Watoto, probably most of you do, but Watoto was started back in the 1980s by two Canadians who went out there in the Idi Amin days, um, sort of thing, and when Uganda was not a nice place to go. Um, they started a church there, um, but what they actually found was this incredible need um, amongst, particularly around the children, who at that time, they reckon there was over a million children living in the streets at the evening at that stage. Um, so so they, they started the church, but they also started with Total Child Care Ministries. Um, and over the years, and see, we were there 10 years ago, but even since then, it's, it's grown incredibly. Um, so just some of the numbers, the, the church itself now has 35,000 people going to it every week. Um, obviously not in COVID, but <laughs> across 13 locations. When we were there, there was five. Um, they've now got 
four villages now. Again, there was three. They just opened one up in the north. They're now up in, in Sudan as well, north or south Sudan. Um, I think we've seen that in the news as well recently in terms of what's going on there. So um, there's, there's almost 4,000 kids now living in these villages. Um, those of you who have seen videos are on the website. The, the villages are incredible. Um, they, they're built... Um, Built in little circles, really. So I think these, these little houses, but each house can take up to eight kids. Um, but they actually have a, a, a mother, um, so they, they actually build families within that. So when a child goes into that home, which can be anything from two years upwards, um, sort of thing, they become part of that family, and that's their family for life, um, sort of thing. And it's and it's just amazing to see. Um, the other big thing they've done is they've started a thing called um, neighbourhood, total neighbourhood. So that's in the actual out not in the villages themselves, but just in the community generally, where I think part of the idea is to get to the source of the issue um, rather than wait till there's an issue. Um, so, so they work with vulnerable women and children. They give, they give women, same thing, these sewing machines. I don't know how million of these is in Africa, but there is millions of these cigar sewing machines everywhere. So they, they, they do things like that. They have programs for, for, the, for the, the, the boys as well. They do mechanic stuff. They do all the same things, similar, similar idea. Um, but it's just incredible just to see the way it's developed over the years. Um, but coming to now, um, they say we've been supporting, Churchy has been supporting for quite some time, and they have sent us a little video, um, which we're just going to play just now, which is just a little thank you, just a short video. Thank you to the, the church for supporting them. Dear Pastor Stevie and Whitburn Pentecostal Church, we are so grateful to you for your generous donation earlier this year. Your generous gift is making a huge difference here in Uganda among our most vulnerable women and children. On behalf of the Watoto family, we want to let you know that we love you and we pray for you. We pray that the Lord blesses you and keeps you during this season. And from our church to yours, thank, thank you. you. Just a little one. So, so what's next really for for us and for Watoto? So we had planned to go out last year um, to Uganda. Obviously, that couldn't happen with COVID. We then planned to go this year, and that didn't happen either. Um, so, and at some point, we're we're looking forward to take the team back out there. But obviously, we need to wait until that's that's possible. Um, COVID hit Uganda quite hard actually in the second sort of wave last the first time around. I kept watching it, and I watched the numbers, and it was incredible how, how low it was. Um, but the second time around, they got hit pretty hard, and you know they had, they had issues in the hospitals, and obviously their infrastructure is not the same as ours. Um, and there, there was lots of issues. But thankfully, within the, the villages themselves, the children, they went into a complete lockdown, uh, restricted who had, access, who had access to them. Um, so the kids and the mothers um, have been safe. I know there was a couple of them that were pretty well, but in the main... Um, They've not really been impacted by it, which is which is great. Um, next year, um, Watoto still won't be able to have any choirs touring at all, um, but there is an intention, a plan at the moment, um, to run what they're going to call the graduate tour. Um, so we are hoping to have... Um, so that will be um, a young man who's basically came up through Watoto. Um, he's lived in Watoto all his days, all his life. Um, so he's going to be coming to the UK. Um, we'll be coming here to, to Whitburn. Um, I actually nearly said Hartley. That's been a long time. <laughs> but um, so anyway, we're coming here to, to Whitburn um, and they'll be in Scotland. He'll be in Scotland for probably somewhere into four to, to six weeks. 
um, sort of thing. So there'll be no choirs, to say, but we will be. They will be sort of coming around and just updating us and, and telling us what's going on and um, and him telling his testimony and speaking as well. So so we look forward to that next year. Um, for now, um, there is a couple of things they're doing. Obviously, funds is always important. It's the likes of Watoto and all these organisations. So they have launched a Christmas CD. Um, that's on iTunes um, and also on Spotify. And I don't think you can get it on the website, but you can listen to it. Uh, there is some of the, the tracks on the actual website as well. Um, and there is a Christmas appeal that they're running on their website as well. Um, sort of thing. But I just, so I just thought I'd mention that. So. But um, anyway, so that's me. Um, we're going to play one of the tracks off their Christmas CD. Uh, just to let you hear that. That's us. Thank you.
Wasn't that amazing? <laughs> so cool. Um, I can dance like that as well. <laughs> but only at night when I'm dreaming. <laughs> um, so good that we're here today. So good that we're able to talk about mission. I just think it's important that we recognize this because that's the heart of the Christmas message as well. God went on mission. God came to earth, and that's the miracle of Christmas, that God wanted to be with us in the person of Jesus Christ. And so we today are a reflection of that miracle as well. You know, we've heard that saying, I don't know, maybe you've not heard that saying, it's a Christmas miracle. How many times have you heard that in movies or you've seen it in the news, you know, something happens and it's a Christmas miracle? You know, I sometimes kind of think um, we see miracles often, but we don't necessarily recognize them when God answers a prayer and something happens that wouldn't have happened if we hadn't prayed that prayer. And God comes in to a situation, then we experience a miracle. And a miracle, by definition, is something that occurs within the natural order of things by supernatural power. Something that happens in the natural order of things by supernatural power. God created the natural world. He created um, everything that we see in all its glory and all its wonder, and He created that. And because He created it, He can do something different within it, and that is where we see a miracle. And Jesus is, by definition, the, the baby Jesus is by definition a miracle. And we thought about that last week, how the Holy Spirit overshadowed Mary. And Mary had life conceived within her through the Holy Spirit. You know, normally in conception, and I'm not going to do a biology lesson, you'll be really pleased about that. Um, two cells collide and, and they create a new living organism. We've got people in here who know a lot more about that than I do. Um, and something happens at conception where all the coding that's needed is written into the very fabric of their being. It's in our DNA. It's in our genetic makeup. And in this case, in the case of Jesus, which means Savior, the Logos became a person, a person with a body, a soul, and a spirit. And then within weeks, Mary, who was pregnant, went to visit her cousin Elizabeth. You've read the story, I'm sure. And when Mary came into Elizabeth's presence, John, who was inside Mary's womb, six months pregnant at the time, when they came together, the baby inside of Elizabeth kicked and leapt because something within John recognized the presence of the Messiah. Even at weeks old, something had been conceived that was miraculous. The Word become flesh. And we're going to read that passage from John chapter 1, verses 1 and 2 in just a little second, if you want to get your Bibles ready. The, the thing is, not everyone believes in miracles, and not every Christian believes in miracles, which I find quite odd. I find that quite strange. But one person who did believe in miracles is a person who I'm a fan of his writings, C.S. Lewis. I don't know if you've read any of the Chronicles of Narnia or if you've read any of his other writings. I'm going to show you a little uh, clip from a video, and the volume's quite loud in this one, Lindsay, <coughs> where uh, somebody is talking about C.S. Lewis's life, and this is just part of the journey that led him to becoming a Christian. Let's watch this little video clip. 
On the night of the 19th of September, 1931, they were here with another friend, Hugo Dyson, on Addison's Walk in Magdalen College. And as they walked, Dyson and Tolkien talked to Lewis about religion. They talked about myth. How could it be, Lewis said, that there are so many myths in the old world, in Egypt, in Greece, in the Nordic mythologies, of a young man-god dying and coming back to life, of Baldra in the Nordic mythology, of Adonis in Greece. How do you distinguish between that and Jesus Christ in the Gospels, who surely is a mythological figure who dies in order to rise and save us from our sins? Isn't that just a myth too? Yes, said Tolkien, of course Christianity is a myth. It just happens to be the one myth which is true. I just found that incredible. It just so happens to be the one myth which is true. And it was part of the, the journey of C.S. Lewis becoming a Christian. It's an incredible story. And as a Christian, Lewis began to write, he began to explore issues of faith. And in his book, God in the Dock, he says this about miracles. One is very often asked at present whether we could not have Christianity stripped or, of, or as uh, people who ask it say, freed from its miraculous elements, a Christianity with the miraculous elements suppressed. Now, it seems to me that precisely the one religion in the world, or at least the only one I know with which you could not do that, is Christianity. Christianity is based on a miracle. It's based on a number of miracles. And if you take that out of Christianity, there is actually nothing left. All you're, all you're left with is a, a social kind of aspect, um, a, a social religion. And there's nothing wrong with the social aspects of our faith. We need that as well. We need fellowship. But it's based on the miraculous. And it starts at Christmas time. Let me just read this little passage from John chapter 1, verse 1 and 2, where it says, in the beginning. We sing that song, you were the one before time began, don't we? Before time began, Jesus already existed, as we'll see from this passage. In the beginning was the Word, the Logos, the living Word of God. And the Word that same Logos was with God, and the Word was God. He, the Logos, was with God in the beginning. And when you look at the way that this is written, it's absolutely incredible. John, writing under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, penned in 24 words an incredible truth that we need to consider, that Jesus was the very embodiment of God, the Logos in human form, predating the beginning. Twice it says in that passage, in the beginning, at the beginning and at the end of those two verses, in the beginning. Four times we find references to the Logos, the Word of God, the living, breathing Word of God, as we'll think about in a minute. Three times it references God, not just any old God, 
not just a God of the gaps, as Richard Dawkins likes to talk about, but the God, the creator God, the God who created everything that we see, who has created us, and who now lives within us through the Holy Spirit. And three times it talks about the unity of the Logos and Theos, God the Father, three times. And if we think about this verse, there is so much that's packed into just a few words. Before anything existed, God was from everlasting. The Logos was, the Spirit was, and they were one. If you go back into Genesis chapter 1, we see the Logos in action. And God said, what did God say? And God said, let there be light. And God said, let there be an expanse. And God said, let the waters be gathered. And God said, let the land produce vegetation. And God said, let there be lights, sun, moon, and stars. And God said, let the water teem with living creatures. And God said, let the land produce living creatures. See, when you stop to think about this, you stop to think about these words. In the beginning, God created. In the beginning, God said, Jesus, the Logos, was present with God when everything came into being. And here he is, and we think about this at Christmas time, the very Word of God coming and living in a human being. A miracle, a Christmas miracle. I wonder, have you ever wondered what language God speaks? Have you ever thought about that? What language does God speak? Does he speak English? Yes. Does he speak Swahili? Yes. Does he speak Bulgarian? Yes. Think about this. We serve a God who is absolutely multilingual. Every language, every culture, every person is taken in under God's wing and under God's knowledge. I, I just think it's incredible. I'm sure there are things that we need to learn about the language that God speaks because that's what we need to tune into. How does God speak? How do we recognize his voice and how do we know that it's him that is speaking? What if the language of God is so complex that we will only understand a tiny, tiny little part of it? What you know about Christianity, what you know about God, what you know about how the Holy Spirit works, what you know about Jesus is a tiny little fraction of who God is in his entirety. The Logos is the very expression of God, words uttered by a living voice. I'm speaking to you today. My words are the essence of my thoughts, feelings, ideas, reasoning, creativity, and my desire to communicate something of the wonder and the mystery of Christmas to inspire us to marvel at the miracle of Christmas. The Logos is the expression of the thoughts of God, the reasoning of God, the wisdom of God, the intelligence of God. And what does the Bible say? That God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. God is beyond anything we can understand, yet God chose to come into this world in the form of a tiny little baby whose name would become Jesus, which means Savior, because he would save his people from their sins. 
thinking about the complexities of mathematics, physics, chemistry, and biology. Who all loved being at school? Okay, hands back down. Okay, that was no hand. For those who are online, no hands went up in here. I don't know about you guys. Think, this is what happens when I think about the complexities of mathematics, physics, and chemistry, and biology. That's what goes on in my head. And yet I think about God who... God initiated the whole show. Think about that. Mathematics, A+. Plus. Physics, A++. Plus plus. God wrote it into the very essence of our being, the very essence of our planet, the very essence of our universe. God wrote that in right at the start. All the laws of nature that govern life on our planet, God wrote that in right at the very beginning. And here is the God who wrote the whole thing coming in human form, a Christmas miracle. Think about it, our consciousness that makes us aware of ourselves, others, and the universe that we live in, our very being, our very existence, our spirit, all that originated in God and was written into the very fabric of nature. And I'm not advocating pantheism, okay? God existing in everything. But God has written the code that makes it possible for life. And simply all I'm saying is that all we see is an expression of the creative logos, the power of God, including, including the new creation, Jesus, the Savior of the world. It's all there. And Paul writes about Jesus this way. Are you still with me? Just checking because it's hard to see behind your mask, okay? Paul writes this in Colossians chapter 1, verse 15 through to 17. It says that he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones, powers, rulers, or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. Verse 17, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. By him everything was created, and in him all things hold together. This is the God that we come to worship I wonder, do we really grasp how magnificent God is? Do we really grasp how complex God is? Do we really grasp that God is eternal? This is the concept that I struggled with most as a child, uh, even thinking about going to heaven and living with God forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. I could not grasp this concept. And actually, the concept of even living eternally scared me as a child. I was like, I can't understand this. And yet we worship a God who's lived eternally that way and will live eternally that way, the same yesterday, today, and forever as the God that we serve. And regardless of what's happening in our lives, He is the same. And that's why I just I marvel at Christmas, because God became a human being and lived in us so that we could experience the same eternal life. That's what God promises us. When we become a Christian, when we give our heart to Jesus, He promises eternal life with Him. And John goes on to say 
in chapter 1, the same chapter in verse 14, that the Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. The amount of times I've read that verse and just marveled at it, the Word, the Logos, the very living expression of God became a human being. And if you read in the Scriptures, it says time and time again that people marveled at his teaching. They listened and they thought, who is this man who speaks with such authority? The very living Word of God expressed through a person. It goes on to say that we've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. The only begotten, one of a kind, Son of of God, full of grace and full of truth. We can either be full of truth or we can be full of grace. Jesus was full of both. And so he was able to say the things that he did with the authority of God and the the compassion that he had and his love for us. Sometimes we're not really willing to hear the truth. Have you ever been in that position where somebody hits you with a home truth and you go, oh, Man, I wasn't even aware that I said that or thought that or looked like that or sounded like that or came across like that. And somebody shares something with you and you go, okay, that's a bit hard to hear, but I'll try and listen. But Jesus was full of grace. And that's one of the incredible things about Christmas, that God comes to offer his grace to us. The Logos, the living active expression, voice of God became a person. The same Logos that created the heavens and the earth and all that fills it was fully embodied in the person of Jesus Christ. And what John is saying is the same as what Paul is saying. We have seen God. Isn't it incredible? Jesus said, he who has seen me has seen the Father. What an incredible claim to make. And for those who are polarized on the whole issue of Jesus or Christianity, I don't know who's all joining us today online perhaps even, maybe you're thinking, I don't even know if Jesus was a real person. Jesus was a real person. Jesus is a historical figure as well as our head of the church. And there's more evidence to suggest that Jesus died on a cross for our sins than there is anything else. The evidence is all there for us if we're prepared to look for that evidence. The Word became flesh and made His dwelling amongst us. We've seen His glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and full of truth. And God is still speaking today. The question is, are we listening? Are we listening? Are we listening? Are we listening for the voice of God? Are we listening for this living, active voice of God? God, I think, is more willing to speak than we are to take the time to really listen to what he has to say to us as individuals, into our situation, into our family, into our workplace, into our school, our university, our college, wherever we find ourselves. God is willing to speak into that. God wants to have a relationship with us. God wants us to move deeper into a relationship with him. And God is still creating. He can create new life. I talked about this last week. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone and the new has come. 
And Jesus wants to create new life in us today, new life in you, new life in me as Christians, but also for those who have never made the decision to become a Christian, God wants to create new life in you through the Holy Spirit, so that the Holy Spirit can come in and make you that new creation, that something new happens inside. Just as Jesus was a Christmas miracle, God can do new things. He can do miracles in us so that we then become the expression of the Father. That's what God wants, is that our lives become the expression of the Father, that we understand who God is more and more and more as he reveals himself to us, and that we become the expression of God to those who need to hear the voice of God. Very often, God speaks through other people. How do the people hear the voice of God? That's the, that's the question I was trying to get to earlier on this year, if you remember those messages on listening to God. God wants to speak. I wonder, are we willing to listen? Let's just bow our heads in prayer for a second as we finish off our time today. And I want to just make an invitation to people who have never made Jesus Lord of their life. I want to make that invitation today just as we pray. And you can pray this prayer after me and within your heart and pray it within yourself. And if you pray that prayer, you need to tell somebody that you've prayed that prayer. Get alongside somebody who's a Christian that you know or come and speak to me and we just want to help you to get on that journey. So pray this prayer after me if you've never prayed this prayer before. Dear God, I thank you for Jesus. I thank you that Jesus came to this earth, that he came to be my saviour, that he came to save me from my sins. Forgive me come into my life, make me new, heal me, be with me, strengthen me, and help me to live my life for you, in Jesus' name. And if you've prayed that prayer today, let somebody know. We have things that we can send out to you, give you, if you're here in person today. But Father, we just pray that you would help us to listen to the voice of God. Father, help us as we consider the miracle of Christmas, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the very Word of God becoming flesh and living amongst us, living on the earth, experiencing the trials and the temptations and the tests and experiencing hunger, experiencing thirst, experiencing sadness, experiencing disappointment, but also, Father, experiencing your power at work in him as he listened to you and as he was obedient to everything that you showed him. And Father, we pray that as we experience life, as we experience the struggles, as we experience the temptations, Father, that you would come and we, that we would also experience the power of God at work in our lives. Father, that power that transforms us, that power that makes us new day by day. Father, that as we lean into all that you have for us, that you recreate new life within us day by day, week by week. Father, that we might become more like Jesus our big brother, that we become more like him and that we would be the expression of God in this world. Father, as we walk amongst those who are in need, and Father, we think about those we support in missions, but Father, we recognize that we have a home mission here. Father, there are things that we need to do here as well to reach people for Jesus. And Father, we pray that you'd walk with us as we walk towards those who are in need. And so, Father, we just pray that you'd help us to grasp something fresh of these things today. 
And Lord, we pray for every family that's representative of this church. Father, we pray for those who are connected to us through all the different ministries that normally go on in the life of the church. And Father, we pray that you just pour out your spirit upon each one. Father, you pour out blessing. Father, that you pour out grace, that you pour out truth. And Father, that we would grasp something fresh of who Jesus is this Christmas. And so, Father, we pray, help us as you go into this week. Father, for those who are at home, Lord, that you would strengthen. For, the, for those who go into education, that you would strengthen. For those who go into a workplace, Father, that you would strengthen each and every one. Lord, may we go from strength to strength as we follow you. And Father, we just pray your blessing on the rest of this day. Father, may it really be a day of rest, a day of recovery, a day to regain strength, whether it's emotionally, physically, or spiritually. And Father, may we know your presence as we go on in all that you have for us. In Jesus' name we ask. Amen. Amen. The Lord bless you, and we hope that you have a fantastic week ahead. Bye.